The following presentation is brought to you by KMmedia.pro. Please visit KMmedia.pro for more information. Now stay right where you are as we present. Welcome to Positive Talk Radio, evolving ideas, one conversation at a time. Great guests, dynamic stories and interviews, plus new thoughts on a wide range of topics and concepts. I hope that you'll hang with me, Kevin McDonald, my friends, and of course, you, as together we work to understand why we are all here and what we can do to make our world a better place for all of us to be happy, be kind, and live in peace together. Yep, that's Positive Talk Radio. Talk Radio, it's such a pleasure to have you here. And I'm I'm lucky to be here. It's great. It's great to have everybody that's going to be listening. And I got a feeling that Anna Davis is going to have a bunch of folks that are interested in being with her today. So, so Anna, welcome to the show. And how are you? I'm fine. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you're you're so more than welcome. You're so more than welcome. You are one of seems like a billion of uh, Allison Roberts. Um, people that you are she's working with and you're going to even give a talk at behind the power on uh in october is that right yes, yes i am yes, what I'm are you going to talk about um so basically uh, the main topic is um self-advocacy speaking out for yourself um and i had my speech all written um and then i talked with Laura just the other day and because of things that I had kind of come across and learned it it like just changed my perspective on the whole thing and so yeah I'm st I started over again on this, this is, so I'm, I'm rewriting the speech again so but this time it's actually coming easier because it feels more inspired well, I got to tell you, it's only August, and the the event doesn't happen until October, so you've got at least one more rewrite in you <laughs> after you get this one done. Because, well, this is only the I think this was the fourth rewrite. So, <laughs> well, but you see, as you get into the material that you're working with, you learn so much, and so your perception changes over time. Very much so. Very much so. And and so that when that happens, it, you got to keep on going, keep on doing the, the the best thing that you can, which is awesome. Yeah, because what I had said before wouldn't like it wasn't it wasn't right anymore. It wasn't the best thing to say. So it was like, okay, that's got to be knock that out and go back to the drawing board. And some of it's still the same, but it's changed a lot. Well, and just just let it be, and just keep doing what you're doing, and it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Now, you also wrote a chapter in the upcoming book, right? Yes. Yes, I did. And what was that chapter on? That chapter was about unresolved grief. Um, I had lost both of my adoptive parents really close together. Um, actually, I lost, I lost my, one of my beloved dog, <laughs> started the whole loss process, and um, honestly, Animal, losing animals is just as tough as losing people. Um, and I think I, I think it's even tougher. 
it's yeah. I, I've lost a couple of dogs and I've lost my parents and I've lost my brother and I, it was much more devastating. Not, not that I didn't love my parents and love my brother. I did, but uh, it's losing your best friend. That's what they are. Yeah. I, and I just recently lost my, my girl Blondie that um, it was just a couple of months ago that, that she passed on the rainbow bridge and I'm still mourning her, but um, this whole, and that's kind of why the, my speech changed because I wrote one speech while she was still here and kind of refined it a little bit. And then I was like going through that grieving process. I realized I needed to change what I was saying in my speech. So that's what happened. Now, was it, was that a puppy dog or a, or a little kitty? Yeah, that Wandy was my, she was a dachshund that I had. And oh. I had a puppy. She was 15. Yeah, she was, she was my heart. She came to me at a time I really, really needed her. And she, the the unconditional love that you get from, from animals, it it can be so, you know, it really does lift you up. Oh, no, no question about it. That's, that's why, have you ever seen that, uh, um, that uh, t-shirt that says I'd rather have a dog than a spouse? Because yeah. every time I come home, the dog wags his tail, and that can't be said for the spouse. Yes, I I do. I have a shirt that says, "I don't care if anybody likes me, except for animals. I want animals to like me." <laughs> you like me. You really, really like me. Yeah, I know. I, I, I get it. But, uh, but grief is a hard thing to get over. Is that is that kind of what your speech speech is going to be about? So, yeah, the chapter because it was about. You know, um, I losing both of them. They both had, you know, fatal illnesses basically at the same time. Mom was supposed to go first, but then my dad ended up getting sick and going before her. And then in between, the, it was like one, he went, then the next year we had a hurricane because I, I live in the Florida Keys. And we had a hurricane that pretty much wiped our house out. So we had to live in a motorhome in the driveway for about a year while we were doing that. And then right when we were getting our house back together, then that's when mom decided to, to go too. And it just, it was, and then right after that, I was fired from my job. <laughs> and it was like, boom, 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 boom. And I just, um, I never dealt with any of those losses. I just shoved them all in. And just went on with life, pretended everything was fine, and it wasn't. <laughs> well, I had a period of time like that when when it's like everything's going like a bad country music song. Mm-hmm. My dad died. My dog died. I lost my house. I got divorced. I, you know, I can't, sometimes it just keeps stone or 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 like a a, a, a ball going downhill, and and you don't know when it's going to end. Um, yeah. but fortunately ha has, it's ended for you, right? Um, for the most part. I mean, I've learned since I've, uh, joined with Allison and the tools that she's given us, you know, to, when you get stuck in these emotions and I, I, I came across this, um, uh, this article the other day about adoptees and some of the stuff that they go through. And there was. Um, a comment about a lot of adult adoptees are, are, why are we so angry? 
why are we so angry? And this one answer really resonated with me. It's just, they said, in a nutshell, I think we adult adoptees have hidden triggers that creep up in predictable and unpredictable places in our lives. And these triggers cause us to feel angry because we are covering up emotions that we don't feel we should feel for fear of abandonment. And I was like, whoa, that's, <laughs> that explains, this is, yes, this is the explanation. And it was like, I always thought I just was angry, but I was, the anger was covering up the fear, you know? I thought I was out of the fear, but it was, the anger was just covering up the fear, so. Do you like, think, oh. I, I don't know that I've seen a lot of, of of books and things written about the adoptive experience of kids as they're growing up because it, it my mother-in-law was adopted it literally affected her entire life to the day she died and she didn't die until she was 86 years old and it yeah. affected her yes um so i never i don't know i was curious growing up but I always felt that I would, it would hurt my adoptive parents' feelings if I was too curious and asked about them. Or even when I was, you know, of age, I didn't go out searching for them because um, what if they were terrible? <laughs> you know, because <it> <laughs> you hear the horror stories, you know, and, and my, my adoptive parents, they, they loved me. They weren't perfect or anything, but they loved me and they did the best they could. And so I didn't want to offend them. So I think that goes into that people-pleasing mode that you can get stuck in. But this article that I ran across just listed off all the things that we feel. And one of the things that came up was about loss and how at the very beginning, of your life and if you are adopted right at birth and you don't have any bonding with your maternal with your biological mother you literally miss that your whole life you feel that loss like um this and this was from some a scientific article that and i was like hmm i feel like that is what happened to me i, I can't prove it because it was a closed adoption um, and I still have no idea who, who my mother, my biological mother could be, but I made up a story, you know, cause that's what we do. I, apparently I learned from Allison, we make up stories yep. to make us feel better about our circumstances. So the story I made up as a child, the reason I was adopted was because the girl probably fell in love with some, some boy that her parents didn't approve. So they sent her off to Alaska to have the baby. So that's where I was born in Alaska. Uh -huh. and, <laughs> so they sent her up to Alaska to have the baby, and then that's how I ended up there. But I have no idea if that's true or not. Could be, could not be. <laughs> I I think if I were to guess, and given the time frame that that was back in the sixties, I would I would say you know like the what what is the court proceeding more likely than not? Exactly, more than. I think it's more than likely that that was, I mean, my mother-in-law, um, she was born in 1930 and they found out years and years and years and years, long after the lady had passed, 
that her mother was a 16 year old single girl in 1930. And yeah. so she ended up in a home, had the baby, somebody came, uh, gave them cash and the baby disappeared, never to be heard from again. And that's, <clears throat> but that's kind of the way it worked uh, yeah. back then. So, and, yeah. but I see the bonding that a child does or needs from their natural mother. And when that's ripped away, even, even the act of, I, I don't know, breastfeeding and, and the, the bond and the close bonding that goes on is really, really necessary for the development of that child right yeah. from the get go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I, so I read more about that. And so I hope that people that are choosing to adopt their children out first, please bond with them before you give them to the adoptive, you know, like at least do that initial bonding just so the baby is not going to have that loss their whole life. Now, what do you, by the way, Lisa says she loves you. So there you I are. love you too, Lisa. And That's why I found that we only had pictures together at protests, but we did our, I think our first one was um, at the Key West Butterfly Garden. That oh, wow. We weren't protesting the Butterfly Garden. We love the Butterfly Garden. <laughs> Lisa, we've we've decided that uh, you and Anna need to uh, put a movie together, and it's in the in the same vein as uh, same time next year, where you get to see your friend once a year, but it's always at a protest. <laughs> <laughs> and see what she says. Anyway, so <clears throat> now I wanted to ask you that you know the one of the modern rages, one of the modern things that people are doing is. Uh, becoming a surrogate mother. Mm -hmm. um, does the same thing, do you think, apply for someone is a surrogate mother? And uh, because... Interesting question. I was, cause I, I was just thinking about that because when you think about it, uh, you're, the baby gets used to... I would to say yes, just as a guess, just because of, you know, that whole, that nine-month connection that <laughs> the nine month connection um you know so inside the womb so then i guess yes they would i think so they would need a little bit of the outward bonding as well after because then that's the that familiar so yeah that's that was that's just a guess though well that's just in just thinking about it the heartbeat the rhythm the mm -hmm. the the entire thing and then and then that's gone. Walks, I mean, like that person, the way they walk is the way, you know, that's familiar. That's the rocking pattern that they would, you know. So, yeah. And that makes it really, really tough. Um, and now we're going into a period of time when it's going to be very, very interesting. And I think that a lot more work needs to be done on how to adopt uh, kids properly so that they don't, face the these issues that are out there and so prevalent because we're going to have a lot more adopted children here in the near future unfortunately unfortunately that's probably going to be happening yeah. and i hope i wish they could fix it but but and i you know i love the fact that you are an activist as is lisa mm -hmm. um so what was the last protest that you guys did well right after roe v wade was oh, yeah yeah, so that, that was our last, our last, but 
What did uh, I got? I got to ask you now. This isn't the political show. I wanted, but what did you <laughs> think? What did you think of the uh, Kansas vote? Oh, I was I was very 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 much enthused by that because I actually lived in Kansas for a time in my life, so um, you know I didn't how. I didn't hold out much hope for them honestly because it's a very conservative state. So for them to come out that strong that gives me hope for the rest of the country so i think we I, have I, a strong midterm election you've heard the term unintended consequences mm -hmm. yeah. i think the unintended consequences are that the majority of people believe well i would like to think that everybody believes that everybody's equal and should have equal rights and they, they should not be um subjugated to second-class citizens because of their gender which mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Which is horrible, but that's, you know, that's, that's just me. Um, but, um, and I'm glad you're here and I'm glad you're going to be talking about, uh, grief and, and when you wrote the chapter on grief, what was that like for you? Because you had some in your life. So, um, I actually finished the chapter before I lost Blondie. So, um, so I kind of revisited though, and it has been a long time since it's, we're at 27 years since I lost dad and 25 years since, since mom. Well, it'll be, it'll be 25 in a couple, few more weeks. Um, they left, they left fairly young then. They were very young. They were, they were both 63 at the time of their passing. And, um, <laughs> honestly, I have a real, uh, that number is, um, my husband is going to turn 63 and just at the end of this week, <laughs> just like, oh, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's creeping right up there, isn't it? Yeah. So I'm like, Oh my gosh, she's here. So, you know, there's something to be said for that. Uh, people that, how long were your folks married? Um, I, I want to say they made it to 40 it was at 35. They were, they were at 37 when dad passed. There's something to be said for the fact that um, soulmates or people that are so close to each other um, have a tough time making it without the other one. Mm -hmm. and, and so oftentimes one will pass shortly after the other one. Yes. Yes. And, and I'm sure that they were very close and, and I'm sure that they were very good parents for you, but there always was, well, let, let me ask you, let me, let me put this in the form of a question. There was, um, was there always a time when there was a little bit of doubt? John says, hello, by the way. Hi, John. <clears throat> John, yeah. you haven't booked another session uh, to come on the podcast. So <laughs> you, you're in trouble, young man. <laughs> Yeah, I just, I always felt just a little different than everybody else. Yeah. Just a little different, you know, and, uh, but not that my parents ever made me feel that way. They didn't. They made me feel loved and wanted, so. Nope. I, I remember when I was growing up that that was a, um, now I grew up in the 60s and early 70s. So, but, but saying that you were adopted was a one of the bigger um, slams that you could get somebody with. It was a very derogative, meant in a very derogative way. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I didn't really um, bring it up. It was just like whenever um, in school, like you do the projects and you have to, you talk about you have to do the report on your heritage. I right. had no clue, you know, like my real heritage, you know. So I just do, you know, my mom and dad's what theirs was, but that wasn't really mine. And I always made me like, what am I really, you know? So. I did find out because I did the 23 and me. So I kind of was a little bit surprised, but not. So I'm pretty so much. Did, were you like something that you didn't think that you were going to be or. I, it... No, I thought I, I really thought that I was going to have some Italian in me because I talk with my hands and I love Italian food, <laughs> but I had no Italian in me. So that kind of made me sad. But um, other than that, I, I'm pretty much a mutt. Well, you know, at this point in time, we're pretty much all mutts. Mm-hmm. The, the funniest thing that I did learn from that, um, they in they can they can trace all the way back to your Neanderthal genes, your Neanderthal DNA, and they can find different variants that are still active. And one of my active variants said that I like to hold on to things that I seldom use. So if anybody knows me, I that yeah, I'm a pack rat, and I hold. Of things I seldom use. I'm like, oh, it's not my fault. It's my Neanderthal roots. <laughs> <laughs> you want to put it in the back of the cave and leave it there. <laughs> That's right. I might need that again. <laughs> have you have you ever thought about <laughs> having the conversation with? Has somebody ever had a conversation with you that said, "You know, Anna, if you haven't used it in six months, you don't need it." Uh, my husband throws the stuff away. He doesn't even say anything. He's like, she does. She won't even know. And she'll just throw it away. He'll just throw it away. And yep, I don't know. Oh, you know, look at Lisa. She's she's <laughs> she's throwing stuff away for me too. <laughs> well, as long as she, as long what you don't know won't hurt you. Exactly. Exactly. Well, <laughs> you know, you can only have so much stuff, but uh, but it's interesting how your your uh, um your background will dictate some of your behaviors. Well, who's that? That's Mango. Come here. That's Mango. Oh, very nice. Want to say hi to Mango? Say hi. Hi, Mango. <laughs> like, I just, just wanted you to pick me up, Mom. <clears throat> people next door. And they have a big dog and he has back tusks because they're, he's so big. Of of course. What kind of dog is that? He's a Havanese. A what? A Havanese. So is apparently they, um, they're the official dog of Cuba now, um, but they came from Spain and they are known as chicken herders. So they round up the chickens. Did you know? Did you know that that's actually a thing? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because because chickens. A lot of people don't know this, but chickens are a herding animal, mm-hmm. and so they like to stick with the pack, yep. and they like to be close together. So that that's very, that's and very that's, possible. A little dog like that to keep them together. Yep, and it's funny because uh, we had our our first dog when we first got married was half Australian Shepherd and half Blue Heeler. So of course he was oh. a herding animal, and he would always try to herd everybody with you know. The heel going behind and grabbing the heel. Yeah. Mango stopped. 
<clears throat> but this one, because he's a chicken herder, he goes to the front of your foot because chickens have spurs on the back of their feet. So yes, they don't they go do. They go for the front. <laughs> so, yeah. By the way, Christine says hello. It's nice, nice to have all you guys here. It's great. It's it's great fun. I had a, uh, you know, you have a, a Australian Shepherd and a Blue Heeler mix. Yes. Did did that car ever try, or did that dog ever try and drive your car? He that dog could do everything. He was the smartest dog. Oh my gosh, he was. His favorite thing to do was to lie in wait for people and then jump out and scare the bejesus out of them. And you can see him smiling. You know, if he could whip a chain like that, he would have, because he he uh, he loved to do that. He thought it was hilarious. <laughs> that was his job yeah. to scare scare the humans. Uh, he thought it was just hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> that is that is so funny. So, um, and how old is this one? He, we think he's probably about eight. Oh. He got it when he was about probably right around a year old he he's a foster fail i i was gonna foster him but my other dog blondie wanted to keep him so he's safe <laughs> <laughs> so so you had this conversation with blondie did you well yeah basically she was like no i want to keep this one so we did so do you do rescues a lot um yeah not on purpose. I have never went out looking for any of these animals. They all just come to me. <laughs> because they know you're a safe I have, person. I have, um, how many cats do I have? I have, there's Marie and Smokey and Trixie and Caroline and Annabelle and Naga. I have six cats. And I didn't go looking for any of them. Are they indoor cats or outdoor cats? Some are in and some are out. Oh my my goodness gracious! Now you live in the Keys. I've never been there. Do you have a lot of like little rodents and stuff? Yeah. Oh yes. Yes. So yeah. so do you have to palm feed these? Rats. We have palm, those palm rats. They live. They literally live in the palm trees. They're in up in the in the palm trees. Yeah. Really? Yes. Palmetto. No mm -hmm. So so do, does your kitties bring home presents for you? I, Luckily, they they have not. Luckily, I have not seen any any presents. Luckily, so they they eat them. Well, never mind. I'm not. I don't, put, <laughs> I don't want to put that thought in your head. Yeah. Well, I don't have any of those types of palms around my property, so I try not to have things that that attract the that attract the rats. So, although so, now you guys have to watch out. Um, the newer cars, they are covering the wiring, the outside coating that goes over the wires is soy-based. So the rats will get in there and eat that. Oh, good. Oh, good. So yeah. so now let's, let's talk about, do you remember the first time that you met Allison Roberts? Yes. Tell us about it. So that was what she calls the painless, pivots to power her and she's getting ready to do that again and so she holds the zoom sessions in class and does one on you know does hot seat coaching and stuff and i did that program um and at the end of it it was like i need to keep going because this 
this this just started me like it's like wow i finally found how i can get you know how i can move forward and quit being stuck in this position so i had i signed up for the meeting to meet with her one-on-one -on -one and and i decided to to take the leap and jump into her program unapologetic power and did that that was uh, let's see was it in it was in march of 21 when i did that and then the next thing you know she's inviting me to be in the next book and speak on the stage and and also i'm in her practitioner program too so learning how learning the nuts and bolts of everything as well so I, I'm still pinching myself that I'm here. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Now, when she asked you to write a chapter in the book, what was your first response? Was it, oh, yeah, I've been writing for years. I'd love to do that. Or was it, no, I can't do that. I was like, I'm not ready. And she said, yes, you are. I'm like, no, I'm not. Yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, she, with her support, um, I just, you know, I didn't want to say my, you know, I, everything in me was saying no, because, but I was like, if no, because if I do that, I'm not going to grow. I'm going to stay stuck. And this is a big opportunity for growth. And I didn't want to stay. I, I was being, I was stuck for so long. I didn't want to, you know, get to another level and be stuck there. So I said, yes. Now was getting stuck a fear of yours? Or did you feel like that once you were set free that you could do anything? Um, I still, yeah, I still feel like I can get stuck again if I don't keep, you gotta keep, you can't stop doing the work. You have to do it every day. You know, you can't just say, okay, I, I took care of that problem. I'm done. I'm, I'm good to go. And I, you can just go on with your life. That's not the way it works. So, so you gotta keep it. You gotta keep doing what she advocates that you do which is and she gives you homework and all that kind of thing but based upon what your individual needs are yes yes i mean she gives us an overview on the classes and whatnot and but then we do have one-on-one -on -one sessions with her and we can get you know more into our own things and she's always there for us too and others in the group we we rely on each other we call each other and um I don't, I think most of us have talked about our small groups. So we right. have our small group that we meet with once a week and they, we keep each other, um, you know, to, we do goal setting together and we keep, you know, we basically keep each other on our toes. Um, and there, it's a one, I love my small group. Everyone thinks their small group is the best, but mine's really the best. <laughs> Well, of course, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be your small group if you didn't think it was the best. And everybody's the same way. But that's that works. I mean, that's good. No, it's, it's, a, it's a really wonderful part of her program, I think, because um, you make more personal connections with, with people in the group. So... I'm coming to understand, Anna, tell me if, if this is your experience. I'm coming to understand that coming after the pandemic and being alone and wearing a mask and can't do this and that, that it really is vital that we form a sense of community and create a community around like-minded ideas, people that are positive, that want to make positive change in the world and with each other. 
and forming a community is of people that actually I, stop me if you've heard this before people that actually care mm-hmm. you know because there's a lot of times when you get into a group and they don't really care one way or the other but if people who actually care can make a difference in your life don't you agree absolutely and that's that's what i love about this group everybody genuinely cares we care we care about healing ourselves so we can spread it out and get the ripple effect you know to others yes it's like what's that saying about um when right like lifting the boats when you when you lift the boats that we all that we all rise so yep a a rising tide lifts all boats i think that's it it. (laughs) yes and and the the fact of the matter is is that is so necessary for all of us to appreciate who we are and to and to help each other because we i don't know if you've noticed but we all have issues (laughs) oh yes oh yes and i know i know this is going to shock you but even Allison Roberts, I can't <laughs> as a, and she'll she'll openly tell you that. Yes, that's that's the best part of her program. I think is that she doesn't hide, you know, any of that stuff from us. She's open with us and shares with us, and and is there for us in the same way. So it's it's. I I was at a point where I I was pulling back from people and I didn't have a lot of I I just I I was happy when the pandemic came. I was like, yay! I don't have to go anywhere. This gives me an excuse to stay at home and not have to see anybody, right? So, but um, since I've been in this program, I, I'm coming out of my shell. I should say. Well, you're doing a beautiful job during this interview. So you've, you've, you've accomplished a lot and, uh, you know, and I can't remember which, who was, but one of the gals said that she was in bed most of the time and didn't, didn't bother to get out of bed and and stuff. And now she's up and about, she's going to be a speaker. It's, it is remarkable when people decide that they want to make a change in their life and they get the support that they need, they can do amazing things. Absolutely. That's what what you said about you have to you have to make put the thought you have to have the thought that that so you, that you can believe you know yeah so that's that's what Allison teaches us is like if we're having a thought that we don't like and it's giving us a bad feeling well we got to come up with a different thought that we can believe because you can't just you can't be us yourself you know. We know we know when we're BSing ourselves. So you got to come up with a, a different thought that you can believe. Sometimes it takes a while. Sometimes it takes a while. <laughs> Sometimes it takes a while to figure out that you're BSing yourself. True, right. true. I'm really good at the brain dump part where you just just start pouring it all out on the piece of paper, you know, and then then I have to go back and comb through it and find the actual the real stuff, you know, because some of that is just is bs you know we got to find what the real issue is out of that all of that so and that's that's why and i say it all the time that's why it's important to have a coach even allison has a coach most people do um most people that are really interested in the work 
and learning how to take care of each other in a better way and take care of themselves. Uh, they, we all have blind spots and we need, we need help occasionally. Yeah. The blind spots for sure. Cause, um, and when you, when someone shines that light on it and then you're like, Oh wow. And, but when, but once you know, then as Allison says, that's 90% of the healing awareness is 90% of the healing. So when you become aware, then now you can focus and put that awareness and to get that healing. Now you mentioned that, that earlier in life, you were an angry young woman. Um, and did you know why that was at the time or was it, you just figured that just was who you are? So, you know, as a child, I remember being labeled as having a bad temper. So I think that, you know, this is just kind of the hindsight. It's just, that's what was expected of me. That's where I was supposed to go when you know when there was some type of upsetting thing that's what i was supposed to do because i had a bad temper so i was supposed to get mad and then so i really um it really that that this getting stuck in anger really happened after they passed and i didn't deal with the grief and i just tamped it down and it just turned into a big ball of anger is what it turned into because I never dealt with it. So it was, so then, like I read that to you earlier about basically the anger was covering up everything else. And so I could just, you know, just everything pissed me off, <laughs> you know? So how did that present itself? Was it, were you like in traffic flipping everybody else? And, uh, oh, and, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and your oh, personal relationship. Yeah. Flip them off, but I was cussing them out. They couldn't hear me because I had the windows up from the stereo going. But yeah, I called yes. them bad names. And and with your family and stuff like that, so it was you. You just were. Yeah, um, I yeah I would by by this time when it got really bad, my kid was already out and out of the house. He's he's moved on and. Um, I was dealing with health issues too. So it was kind of, it was like kind of the perfect storm of emotional, mental, physical, <laughs> everything at once. And so it just became angry. I just was angry at my situation and how I was feeling and all of that. And my husband was really pretty supportive. Um, and he would just let me know when, when, when I was just yelling at him for no reason, you know, I'd be like, uh, you don't even know what you're talking about. Like, okay, you, you're right. And then I'm just stop, you know, but that would piss you off too. Wouldn't it? Well, I know. Cause then by that time, see, it was like, okay, I'm just, I'm just letting off steam to let off steam at this point. And it's not, it's not really the issue. So yeah. So I didn't then... see it, all of that, that I was stuck in that. Until I got with, I mean, I did because that's why I wanted to join the program because I was tired of being, I was exhausted. I was exhausted from feeling that way all the time. So. Right. And now you're not. No. And uh, I mean, I have, I have 
come a long way, but some, some I can still get angry. But sometimes I think it's justified. Some some things you're you should be angry about. So I just have to. It's the it's the response now. Instead, it's it's a it's responding instead of reacting now. So that's my focus. That's one of my favorite two words to be used correctly, which was, yep. is the difference between a reaction and a response. Mm-hmm. I, I, I feel, and I think Allison talks about this, a response is a planned um, action that you're taking based upon um, good information that you've gotten. A yep. reaction is just that. You're re- Yes, you're just reacting what happened to you before, and so and so that's never good. Right. Somebody lights your fuse, and you're the firecracker. Boom! <laughs> you know, I, that doesn't happen to me much, except when I'm in the car. For some reason, uh, for some reason, when I'm in the car, it's it's a whole different thing. So, yeah. puppy dog wanted to come up and say hi. He does. I don't know. He's got something going on today. He's acting afraid, and I don't know why. I think I need to call Karen and have her connect to him and see why he's acting funny. Yeah. You know how that is. And Karen, being the animal communicator that she is, uh, and by the way, she's going to be at Behind the Power, too. Uh, all, all you guys are going to be there. Yeah. And it's. Well, and Jennifer is also an animal communicator. She's helped me That's out. Right. And so is Carrie. And yeah, I think there's Christine can hook up with animals too. Christine Cole. Have you, has she been on yet? Um, I don't know, Christine. <laughs> I just, I got to tell you, I do so many podcasts in a week. that uh, I, I, I did I 10 last week. Has. I don't think she's been on yet. All right. I can't wait to see Christine. And if Christine, you haven't been on, why have not you been on? <laughs> yeah, Christine. So there. Um, There's a few of us that haven't been on yet. You haven't talked to Beth yet. She's the chocolate lady. She makes amazing chocolate. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to that, obviously. There's like. Oh, oh, Christine says she's oh, going to be on yay! Wednesday. Okay. Yes, yes, indeed. And, and uh, Christine, I hope I don't disappoint you. <laughs> that's, that's all I'll say. But, uh, but it, you know, Anna, it's, it's great fun having you here. And you're, you know, you've, because my mother-in-law was adopted, I know the pain that, that you go through. <laughs> Christine says, not a chance, not a chance. Um, and the, and the pain you go through, it's weird because there's not a damn thing you can do about it because you had nothing to do with any of it. No, but you feel the responsibility for it. Yeah. I, when I ran across that article and it talked about like the seven key things that the adoptees will feel, they feel a sense of loss. They feel a sense of rejection because obviously you have to be rejected by your birth parents, you know, so you can get adopted. Um, and then, then you, then as children, most, most children, no matter what it is, they, they figure there's something, there had to been something wrong with me for them to want to 
reject, you know, why didn't they want me? There must have been something wrong with me. It must be my fault. You know, that's the guilt and shame of why didn't they want me? And then um, also grief loss is felt more, is felt more deeply. And I look back when my mom's father died, my grandfather, and he was, he was kind of my favorite of the grandparents. And when he passed, I was so mad and they, and I didn't get to go to the funeral. Only mom went. And I felt like gypped that I didn't get to go and say goodbye to him. And I was just really mad. I think that's where some of my anger started right there. I was really, really mad about that. I was like, how can you just go? (laughs) And then um, identity issues. Um, And it kind of brought up to me how um, when we moved, the last place that we moved when I was a kid was Kansas. And it was a very small rural town. And previously, we had been living in the suburbs of Chicago. So I was, I was a city girl. And then all of a sudden, we're, down, we're out in the rural, the sticks, basically, in Kansas. And I didn't talk like them. I didn't dress like them. You know, and I so, <laughs> I, I ended up being labeled a freak. I was like, okay. Um, yep, when I, you're in the sticks in Kansas, you are really in the sticks. Yeah. And I remember... <laughs> When dad brought our, went and got the phones and he brings them into the house and they were rotary phones. <laughs> we're like, what? Why did you get those, dad? And he goes, well, that's all they had. And we're like, what? Okay. And then we were like, oh my gosh, we've, we've been moved back. Not, not only did we move to another state, we moved back in time. <laughs> <laughs> back to the 1950s. You betcha. It felt like it, but. Yeah, and I just so didn't fit in there. And they never, like, I didn't feel like I had an identity there. They called me that vermilion girl, you know? Like, I don't know. That was my last name. And then I married my husband. I was very young, and I when I married him, then we'd go places, and I would be introduced as his wife. Like, they wouldn't even say my name. And it really just, really bugged the hell out of me. And then it was like, after I read this, I was like, Oh, now that makes sense why that was such a big deal to me that they, they, I wasn't given an identity, you know, that I had to stop. Now, do you remember what year you got married? Yes, 1982. Well, and, and in those days, you know, it's, God, I say in those days, it's like 1982 for me was like yesterday. Um, but that still was 30 years ago. No, wait a minute. That's 40, 40 years ago. Chimney, <laughs> Chris. That's 40 years ago. We celebrated our 40th uh, anniversary this year. Congratulations, by the way. That's that means something in this day and age to make it for 40 years. But yeah. but what's you know interesting is you were not in even in 1982. You were not perceived as an equal citizen under the law or anything else. No, no, absolutely not. You were somebody's wife. Yes, yes. And, and Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, that's the Bible Belt, and that's uh, you know the Southern uh, Baptists and and all of that. So, so I um, think that's one of the reasons that I really loved the Keys when we first got here was because 
I was me. I got I they called me by my name. I had a name. They called you me. You actually Anna. had a name, isn't that cool? Yeah, called me Anna. It was like, whoa, I got a name here. This is awesome. Not Mrs. Davis. No, they didn't call me Mrs. Davis. I've only been called I haven't been called that very often, honestly. You know, <laughs> I, I I gotta ask you. Um being being an adopted and growing up with your adoptive parents, when you when you got into trouble, as every kid would every now and again will get into trouble, did you assume that it was because you were adopted, or did you assume that you had done something wrong? Um, when I was little, I guess. I guess I, I just thought, I guess I thought I had, I, I don't think I ever thought it was because I was adopted. I don't think I ever felt like I got in trouble because of that. Now, did your parents, were they open and honest about the fact that you were adopted? Yeah. I don't remember them ever sitting me down and telling me. It's just like, I like knew my whole life, you know, and I don't, and my, and they did adopt another um, daughter at, after me so i knew you know that she was adopted so obviously and she's like two and a half years younger than me so yeah so i guess i probably really understood it then when when she came now because you were both adopted did you have a stronger bond did you have a bond that, <laughs> um <laughs> no honestly what's sad is i thought we did but not not so much on her end so and i kind of we've i've tried to stay kind of in her life over the last years but she makes it really really hard and uh, she, i and i look and i after reading this article i see all this stuff like she had multiple issues as well and she's never been into this program in a program like this to Oh, she needs to be in a program she like this. She really does. She needs it worse than me. <laughs> you know, I, I was talking and with I, actually, you. I, I invited her to Behind the Power, and her response was, that's okay. I can pray. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's well, nice. That's not enough. <laughs> well, you know, actually, her um, her statement is prophetic because she can pray. Not It's not going to help. But she can surely pray until she's, you know, blue in the face. You have to have somebody that can help you understand why you do what you do. Yeah. And 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 how you, you respond to different things versus how you react to different stuff. And it really is. And, and Allison is just so good at it. So, um, and by the way, AllisonRoberts.com is where you want to go if you want to find out all about her and also BehindThePowerEvent.com. Uh, you can go there and uh, you, by the way, that's where I, I got your picture from the, from the, from that. So, so to, to put up on uh, YouTube, cause this is going straight to YouTube right now and uh, wave, everybody's listening, watching, you know, you know. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's been great, Anna. Um, I, now I want to give you the opportunity to talk about what you're going to be talking about at behind the, the uh, power and also your, where you see yourself going. You're also in her uh, management program and uh, how, where, where, do, where would you like all of this to lead you down the road? Well, um, I'm not sure exactly, but 
I know that just learn, having these tools will help me the rest of my life with all, all the relationships in my life. Um, but I do, I am, I want to help people, you know, and I want to help animals too. And I'm already, you know, basically I take in anybody that comes to me <laughs> basically as far as the animals go and just learning these tools to learn how to help others is, is, uh, is where I'm at, you know, and I, I, I'm very concerned about environment, our environment. So I kind of like, that's kind of my focus. Um, I, I think I'm going to try and start a letter writing campaign somehow about our packaging because the packaging, we don't, we don't need this throwaway packaging. We used to, in the old days, we had reusable packaging and we could go back to that very easily. Things should also be sold in bulk in every grocery store, not just the specialty places like, you know, Whole Foods, you know. Right. You're not going to buy everything in a plastic container. So. And you can, or you can bring your own plastic containers and then fill it up from the from yes. the bins. Reuse them. Yeah. We're going to have to get to that point because we're filling up the landfills. Yeah. And but. We we got so many issues that I'm glad you are a activist that's that's working on helping us, you know, at, at least getting the word out there about some of the silly things that we're doing to ourselves. It really that's is. That's what my breakout session is about. It's about eco activism and you know keeping your sanity at the same time <laughs> when you're you know out there advocating for these different issues, but not making yourself crazy so that's that's what my breakout session is about um i'm on the healing home healing health panel so we'll be talking about different strategies to um, for a healing environment in your home um and what's my other one i forget the other one <laughs> I'm on one other panel too. I think. Oh, we're talking about um, vulnerability um, and and being authentic. So. Very cool. Very cool. Because being authentic and vulnerable is is in, an important step, I think, to yes. make. And by the way, Michelle says, Anne and I started at the same time, and she's doing amazingly well. And Anne is and Anne is very very passionate about these topics. <laughs> Michelle. Well, you know, in my small group we we're in the same we're in our small group together as well so well you know it's like it's like when somebody tells me that there's nothing that we can do about gun violence and it's like i just shake my head it's like yes there is but you're not going to want to hear it so um but eventually we're going to come to it whether we want to That's or not one of my proud moments we we had a when the kids did the march for our lives the first one we did one here in marathon as well and it was a it was very successful. And so it, it showed how many people are in favor of regulating the guns instead um, of putting bulletproof backpacks on children. That seems absurd. It's going to be a bad day when we, when if part of the um, employment interview for a teacher is, um, do you know how to handle a 30 odd six or a, um, an AR-15, and and what's your what's your shooting score, and 
I, it's, 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 What's get sad right now is literally across the country. There is a huge teacher shortage and they don't want to die. That's why. I mean, like, I mean, just think about it because you don't know where these shootings are going to be, you know, like, and they're not getting, you know, they don't get support. You know, they yeah. get run down. So, I I agree. Every time I think about and the week before the shooting in Texas, there was a shooting in a grocery store in uh, Ohio, I think. Um, and Buffalo. I keep Buffalo. That's it, Buffalo. And I kept thinking about my grandmother when she was 76 going to get some half and half because we were going to have pie and she needed to go do that. And she ended up getting shot. It's just, it's just, I just don't understand where we're going. And, and so I, long story short, I applaud your activism. Um, Keep it up. This is like I said, this isn't a political show, but some of this is just so outlandish and so silly. That I, you know, it's stupid that some of these some of some of the things shouldn't even be considered political, honestly. And Allison pointed out to me that the reason that I'm like such a social justice warrior activist is because I felt like the beginning of my life was unjust that I didn't have justice, you know, like I didn't get to choose what happened to me at the beginning of my life. And so that, so therefore now I'm on the side of, of the underdog, no matter what, you know, <laughs> and I am like, like, it doesn't matter what fight it is. I'm who I'm always on the underdog side. Like always, always. Well, that's good. That means you're going to be a Seattle Seahawk fan this year. Anyway, so <laughs> Forget, forget I said that. I used to be a Miami Dolphin fan for years, so believe me. <laughs> ah, gotcha, gotcha. We've been talking with uh, Anna Davis. Anna, if somebody wants to get in touch with you, how do they do that? So I do, I run a, um, a Juice Plus business, so they can go on that website, which is annadavis.juiceplus.com. Or to, and it's a great way to get all your fruits and veggies in every day. Um, and, or they could, my email is banana Anna, which is B-A-N-A-N-A-N-N-A, just add N-N-A to banana and then add a 29 at Gmail. There are too many A's in that. (laughs) Just thought it much. So we, so we've been talking for 58 minutes. The first time I knew that you had a business and you were juice plus what in the world is the world coming to tell us about (laughs) your business real quick. Okay, well, I started, I, one of my friends uh, um, noticed that I was having some health issues. This was several, several years ago. And gut issues, and she was like, you should try this product. It's really great. And basically, it's whole food that is, you know, been pulverized and dehydrated and put in a capsule. So you get all the benefits of all the fruits and the veggies and everything in these capsules. So you can get literally get 17 servings of fruits and vegetables every day in a capsule. And so I started taking it when I was having all the issues. And at one point I couldn't even um, eat regular food. I was only eating basically mashed potatoes and I wasn't allowed to have anything else, but they let me take the capsules and they were 
amazed that doctors were amazed at how well I was coming back. So they were like, they did not expect me to gain weight during that period, but I did. And it was, and it was all the juice plus. So but I stuck with it. I have, I just basically have been using it and haven't really done it as a business too much, but I'm like, you know, I got this platform now, so let's talk about it. Let's sell it because it can help people. It really can. Exactly. And, and by the way, were you allowed to have butter with your mashed potatoes? Um, vegan butter. What the hell is vegan butter? Because <laughs> I'm vegan as well, so I don't eat any animal products. So um, basically, it's still a butter, but it's and it's made made the same way. My favorite one is is a, is a cultured vegan butter from Miyoko's. Very nice. <laughs> I, I used to be a chicken salesman. I'm sorry I can't get away. Anyway, so uh, Anna Davis, go, go. Uh, but if somebody wants to go to your uh, uh, Ju Juice Plus uh, website, how do they do that? It's just AnnaDavis.JuicePlus.com. Very good. AnnaDavis.JuicePlus.com. It's been a pleasure. How, how do you feel like you did? Did you feel like you did okay? Yeah, I, I'm, I, I'm not. My heart is not pounding anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, oh come on! It wasn't pounding in the I beginning, was it? It was. <laughs> <laughs> you did, you did awesomely well, and everybody will, will congratulate you. You did, you did really, really well. It was a pleasure, pleasure I talking love to you. you Thank you so much, Kevin. Oh, you, you are so welcome. It, it's a pleasure, and I enjoyed it greatly. And, uh, and. I'm looking forward to. I may. I may only be there digitally on at, at behind the power, but I'm looking forward to your your um, um, talk on uh, on at behind the power. So that'll be fun. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank and you. wait right there, and I'll be right back. Hey, thanks for enjoying this episode all the way to the end. Please give us a like and subscribe to this channel. This has been a production of PositiveTalkRadio.net. Please visit our website, oddly named PositiveTalkRadio.net, for more details about us and our mission, which is to provide great positive programming designed to inspire us all. I'm Kevin McDonald, and I'm proud of these shows, and I truly hope that you'll like them and share them with friends and family. So on behalf of our entire team, remember... Be kind to one another because each other's all we got.